The ABC's Word Wizard, the Lord of Language. A word in your ear with Professor Rawley Sussex. The person sitting opposite me, oh my goodness, is giving me flashbacks to ABC Radio 20-odd years ago. Professor Rolly Sussex, good evening. Good evening. What a thrill to have you here in oh, 2024. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to get back together again after all this long, long time. How long have you been doing language talk back on ABC Radio? 27 years at Easter. And in those days, we were at Coronation Drive, which is a lovely old building. Yes. Um, Radio has changed a bit since then, but the basic idea, people love language mm. and I'm very happy to indulge them. I've got this program and there's one in Adelaide, which has been running for nearly 21. Wow. And uh, I, I love talking to people on, on the radio. TV's no good. You can't scratch your nose. <laughs> yes, it's too perfect. Last time I was chatting to Rolly, you were learning Chinese, right? Have you, have you kept up with that? I started and then faltered. Well, I, I, I found that I had to go and have some surgery for something. And they told me that the anaesthetics would be bad for my memory. <gasps> and they were. And really? all sorts of things that I'd recently learnt were no longer easily accessible. Oh, my god! So I'm coming back to Chinese and I'm going to give it a real run because I think it is, first of all, it's a fascinating language. It's unlike anything I've ever done before because all my languages are European. Yes. And they've got a kind of common way of thinking about things. And occasionally I can, I can, I'm trying to say something in Polish and it comes out in German. Well, you know, whatever. Yeah. But Chinese is a different different experience and it forces you to think differently about the world. Well, let me just play you 30 seconds of Novak Djokovic. Yeah. Who, of course, we all know for tennis mm. and his English is brilliant, fluent. Yes. Um, but he was asked at a press conference to give a shout out to his Chinese fans um, because I gather he'd just beaten them. This is in the, the United Cup. And the journalist asks Novak, you know, could you say a couple of words? And she tries to prompt him. Mm. And then Novak Djokovic not only said those words, he went on and spoke a bunch more to everyone's shock. Hi, Novak. Congratulations. You know you have a huge fan base in China, but today you win China team. Maybe they will be a little bit upset. How about speaking Chinese to make them happy like Happy New Year? Happy <laughs> He's good. So that's the other tennis players falling apart laughing. He's got the tones right as well. Really? And there are four of those in Chinese, which you've got to learn very carefully, otherwise you can be saying unspeakable things because you got the tone wrong. Accidentally. Yeah. Okay. Well, I gather he went on to say, you know, Happy New Year and thanks mm -hmm. to all my, my fans in China. I appreciate you. We'll get into the words of the year in just a moment, but I really want to go straight to a caller just so we get in the groove of Q&As with you. Mark has called in from Windsor. Hello, Mark. Hello, guys. How are we? Good evening. What's your um, question? Yeah, my question, or well, more of a, uh, a phrase, I was having a conversation with one of my mates the other day. And I said to him, I'm just going to have to bite the bullet and make a decision. Mm -hmm. And I thought about that term, and it's rather quite morbid, but it's used so frequently. I was just wondering what the history is there. Okay, this is phrases can be really difficult because if they just pop up and no one thinks to write them down, we don't have a record of when they actually popped up for the first time. Words are much easier. 
But this one actually, it comes from Rudyard Kipling, who was born in India and wrote in English and uh, once wrote some very uncomplimentary poetry about Queen Victoria and so was not made Poet Laureate. But he, he did you know the Just So stories and Mowgli and so on. And Bite the Bullet is in one of his novels and it goes back to the practice when people, so particularly soldiers were having surgery without anaesthetics and they'd give them something to chew on so that they wouldn't screech and shout too much so that, you know, you, you bit the bullet hard to take your mind off the pain of being operated on without something to take the pain away. Right. So that's not actually totally morbid, is no, it? No, it's not. It's just a tactic, Mark. It, it also reminds you of what people had to go through yeah. with surgery before we got the, the lovely things we have nowadays. Mark, did you, when you said you were going to bite the bullet and do the thing, did you do the thing? <laughs> I did do the thing, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Mark, you've made a little moment in history tonight by being the first caller to Rowley Sussex on Evenings in 2024. So thank you, mate. I appreciate that. You could have said grit the teeth, of course. That's oh, yeah. not quite so, so sort of ominous. True. But bite the bullet certainly has, has echoes. Yeah, I think the bee and the bee, the bite the bullet, oh, it's yes. just it's got that oomph inside it. It's an echo phrase. We'll, oh. We will come back to echo phrases. Oh. I have 10,000 on my computer. Okay, great. He's got a few. Another evening. Trevor in Capera says, question for Rolly. Does he think the term back end is overused? For example, at the back end of 2023, rainfall records were set. Is it overused? Much overused. It's got, I think, something to do with uh, business speak, probably. Uh, a lot of things can be sheeted home to, to American business speak schools, you know, Harvard and Chicago and what have you, um, which do a great job about teaching you about business, but they also invent some horrible things like uh, benchmarks and uh, coalface and so on, which are much overused as well. And back end just means the end. But the end is, is one syllable, it's short, it's common, it sounds as a little bit as if you're not terribly kind of professional and serious. So a lot of people will use longer phrases like benchmarking because it sounds as if there's something really going on there. And it make, if you don't use these phrases, people think you're not really on top of your profession. Mm. So it's a, it's a bit of professional speak. It's become, I think, a cliche, which means something which is overused to the point where it loses some of its original bite and originality and just becomes a bit boring and people think, oh, gosh, no, not that word again. So you could just say the end yeah. rather than back end. Why not? All right, Trevor, I'll use you, let you make your own decision on that one. If we go to words of the year for 2023, because they all come out in dribs and drabs through December and then we sort of get washed into that New Year's period where we don't know what day it is, you've racked and stacked some of the words, though, Rolly. I have. They they start dribbing and drabbing around about November usually, and our Macquarie Dictionary is one of the first off the rank. Uh, the last one is always the American Dialect Society. Now, the word of the year began as Das Wort des Jahres in German in 1970, and the Americans picked it up in 1980, and uh, everybody then thought, this is a good year. No, we'll have a, a word which somehow picks up the flavour of the year, but when you think about it, trying to choose one word which is going to recall something about the total character of a year is a bit of an ask. And the interesting thing is that when you look at the words of 2023, they're really very varied depending on where you take them from. For example, um, one that, that I really liked 
uh, was the Australian Oxford Dictionary, which came up with Matildas. And the Matildas were fantastic. I mean, they they did something for sport we haven't seen for a long time. Lovely, cheerful, expert, committed people doing great things on on, on the field. So I thought Matildas was terrific. The Collins Dictionary had AI... Yeah, all right. Almost a, a lay down misere for that one uh, because AI is going to become so very much important everywhere. By the way, one of them uh, thought that I had died and said, what a pity I died in 2018. What? Yes. Oh, my goodness. And I got online and said, I'm actually still here. Hello. Don't kill me off just yet. So AI stands for artificial intelligence. intelligence yes. And was it originally a military term? No. Or a... it, it's, it was from... Computer science back in the 60s and 70s, right. and particularly with Alan Turing, uh, who was in the film The Imitation Game about breaking the Enigma code. And uh, he did some of the very much, very important early work about what it would take for a computer to show intelligence that we would regard as intelligent. Uh, and it's, it's been growing since then. This last year, it's taken an enormous leap forward. And actually rather a scary one because what we see is what is the public face of AI. What we don't see is what the military is doing with it. And, you know, having, having RoboCop with, with a complete AI inside of it would not be funny. Mm. Well, I, I just heard uh, one of the sort of uh, IT ministers in the news at 7 o'clock sort of spruiking the benefits of AI and saying there's real opportunities here, but also oh, yes. that it's, you know, it's complex and needs to be explained to people. It'll knock a lot of jobs out of the job market. Uh, and AI is already able to do agendas for a meeting, the minutes from a meeting. Mm. A friend of mine who's a professor of psychology asked it to produce a complete syllabus for the first course of psychology for a first-year university with all of the readings, tasks, topics and assessment. And it came up with the whole thing in less than a second. And he's a professional and he said this was awfully good. Mm. He would have to spend months to do as well. But then, of course, you realise that this thing has been trawling through psychology one from Harvard and MIT and Cambridge and Oxford. It's all plagiarism. Uh, but it was very, very good. Yeah, yeah. The, the implications of it will be huge. All right, Matilda's AI, what other words of the year did you come across? Macquarie came up with Cosy Lives, <clears throat> and Cosy Lives is costs of living, and it's a very weird one. I mean, Australians love tinkering with language, and so cost gives you cosy, but then cosy is also what you wear at the beach mm. uh, and lives from life, you know, and to, for someone from overseas, Cosy Lives is totally impenetrable. I find Cosy Lives one of those phrases that people talk about, but I've never heard it used in the wild. You know what I mean? Other than somewhat ironically or pointedly, like, oh yeah, Cosy Lives, but not in in a way that people say, oh, people say Cosy Lives, but I haven't heard it. It's a bit weird. And even weirder is the one that the British Oxford came up with, which was Riz, spelled R-I-Z-Z. And it comes from the middle of the word charisma. Now, charisma means do you have, uh, you know, an impressive personality, you know, which, which leaves a, a mark on other people. So they took the middle syllable, charisma, which is very unusual, and turned it also into a verb. I'm going to risk it up when I go to the party, meaning I shall be charming and absolutely, you know, impeccable. You've that got, was a you've weird got Riz one. Rolly. You've got good Riz. Oh, oh thank you. <laughs> good Riz, good Riz. All right. Um, the American Merriam Webster Dictionary came up with authentic. And I thought that was a very thoughtful one because mm-hmm. during 23, we began 
became aware that deep fake stuff was all around us, that, that fake news would become endemic. And it's actually incredibly difficult to work out sometimes when you're reading something online, whether it's real or slightly twisted or unintentionally twisted or maliciously twisted. And if so, how, what are you going to do about it? I have a question without notice on that. Is it misinformation or disinformation? Either and both. Um, misinformation is uh, unintentional. So if you, if you happen to say something which is wrong, but you're not trying to do naughty things with it, that's misinformation. Disinformation can be two things, either the same as misinformation, in other words, I do it by mistake or I don't know better, or it can be actual malicious bending of the truth. Mm. And what it's what overseas things do. I mean, the Russians are supposed to have been involved in tinkering with the American election process for President Trump's last un, unsuccessful bid, right? And, um, you know, when, when you're tinkering with, with things to try and bend people's minds or something, that's disinformation that's nastier. Got it. All right. Authentic. I haven't finished. Okay. Sky, together with Peter Credlin, decided that the word of the year was no. Because, of course, of the answer to... Oh, the voice referendum. Exactly so. So they chose no. They chose no. Now, all right, it was a very important part of the year. I'm not sure I'd like to think of the year in terms of no. I think I'd like to think there were more... This is why the Matildas is more positive and I like them. Um, The UK Cambridge Dictionary came up with Hallucinate... Uh, And this is what happens when AI presents us with something which is the truth and it turns out maybe not quite to be so. So hallucinate was interesting, but but not something which people would immediately think of as the word of the year. Um, Germans had Krisenmodus, which means crisis mode, and they were thinking about lots of crises during the year, particularly um, elections, what was going to happen in Poland, what was happening in Ukraine and so on. I feel like there's a crisis a day in Queensland in the most beautiful place on earth. Compared to the Germans, we are babes in nappies. Yes. Nowhere near as good. Prices Japanese so had Zay, which was tax, all right? Um, <laughs> and the one, uh, one I thought was, should have had a mention was Qantas. Remember, it was, it was accused of selling flights which didn't exist. Yes. And it said is, it was selling, and I quote, bundles of contractual rights. Sorry? Uh, Exactly. <laughs> I think it gave you some sort of thing which might get you on a plane if there was a flight. Yeah. Uh, that was a bit round. But the one weird one, I think it was Elon Musk had, or, or, or might have been the British uh, mob, they had a, a, a rocket that blew up. And it, it, it went through, and I quote, rapid unplanned disassembly. Yes. That's one way of putting it. <laughs> That's one way of putting it. In other words, our dear rocket went bang. Um, beige flag. Now, a red flag, if you're on social media, particularly on a dating site, red flag is something which puts you off someone. And I forget which way you, you swipe because I have never done this. No, me either. Green flag is something which is good. Beige flag is something which is kind of uh, neither here nor there. Mm. And th- as a possible word of the year, because a lot of people do this, you know, you, you get the idea that that, that something there is some value to the word of the year if it, if it's good in memory and with enough which enough people recognise. Sure. Well, if you're on the dating scene and you're coming across potentially, I don't know, maybe slightly underwhelming. Yes. People. Yeah. Maybe they're a bit beige because of their beige flags. Yeah. 
Um, in the past, I, I was very pleased in 2013 because an Australian word made it, not only here but uh, overseas as well, and that was selfie. Cute. <laughs> because a young Australian about 2003 got on the Terps, fell over, split his lip, went to hospital, was sewn up and sent a picture of himself to his friends and said, this is my selfie of the evening, and it went viral. And everybody except the Americans chose selfie as their word of the year. Well, you know who claims they invented the selfie is Britney Spears and Paris Hilton. I don't think so. No? I really well, don't. No, think. actually, well, I don't know if they claim they invented the word, but they reckon they took the first kind of photo in the way that Not everyone takes selfies these days. Not according to the dictionaries that I read. No, okay. Well, I'm going to trust your dictionaries okay. then, Rowley. 2016, dem- Democracy Sausage. Brilliant. That's a good Australian. Mm-hmm. It's all right. Um, 2014, Tony Abbott said he would shirt front Mr. Putin. Best of luck, Mr. Putin has a black belt in uh, karate or something. Yes. Uh, but Macquarie Dictionary 2018 had Me Too. And that was a good choice because it very much picked up some important things about social changes during the year. Yes. So if you're interested, dear listener, to quote, Philip Adams, um, get on the web, do a search for either W-O-T-Y, word of the year, yes, uh, and start digging around. You'll find things like hashtag from the Americans in 2012, very important. You'll find going way back in the American list, I think it was 2000, no, 1990, it was Bush Lips, and the older Bush, Bush Lips, it's not the other word. I didn't say it. It is bush lips. Got it. Yeah. And he said, read my lips. There will be no more taxes. And what happened? Hallelujah, there were more taxes. Wow, that's great. See, so, I love words like that that emerge, that tell a whole story. There's a big story behind it. Yeah. 1999 was Y2K. Remember, Y2K was the computer bug because there were some troubles with having zeros in computer programs. And I think... The Toronto bus service had one problem with something or other, and everybody else, it was a big, big fizzer. Yeah, Nothing the, happened. The Y2K bug never ended up biting. These are such great words, and I they love are. that we're still touching on them as we kick off a new yeah. year, 2024, yeah. and we're kicking it off with Professor Rolick Sussex. Let's go to Glenn, who has picked up the phone in Imbul tonight. Hello, Glenn. Hi. What's your question for um, Rolly? Yeah, the word solder, like when you solder something together, why do the Americans always leave out the L and say solder? Uh, they do. It's a very unusual one because it's one of the few ones with LD that actually loses the L. And the, the Americans certainly do say solder, not solder. Um, now, this is part of a, a pattern. If you think about Australia becoming Australia, Right now, le, ye, le, ye, there's two consonants and you lose the first one and just keep the ye. And million becomes million and arctic becomes arctic and vulnerable becomes vulnerable. If you've got two consonants together in the middle of a word, quite often the first one falls out. And this is part of, it happens at, at, speed, at speed, you know, we just haven't got time to get it all in. Uh, even you and I might say vulnerable if we're, now vulnerable, vulnerable. Bracing. Yeah, if we're racing. Mm. But, uh, you know, at at ordinary broadcast speed, uh, we'd say vulnerable with an L, but a lot of people don't. And at any speed, they say vulnerable. 
and that, I'm afraid, is an error, but it's one which is becoming very common. So, well heard, Glenn. Yes. That's an unusual one. Oh, I've wondered about that since I was a kid. I've heard that, and I always they're nuts, you know. Yeah, well, uh, there are 330 million Americans, and there's 26 million of us, so I'm afraid yeah. we start behind the eight ball, and that is another Americanism. Good on you, Glenn. Great to hear from you tonight. Soda, nut, solder. Uh, Wide of Redcliffe is asking, we say acclimatised, the Americans say acclimated. Are they the same? They are. Um, both words were, are found in American English. And in fact, American English has got a lot of the I-Z-E ones, which would be I-S-E in this country. Yes. Right. Um, Hospitalise. You know, um, I, we once had a, a young pianist who was going to concertize around Tasmania. Ugh, not nice. Um, but the the acclimated, there are, are things like um, orient and orientated, you know, which one do you use? The answer is both are in the dictionary. The trouble is that orient is a verb. It means to, to line something up east-west and you churches had to be done that way. But what's the noun? Orientation. Yes. And once you've got orientation, you think there has to be a verb that goes with that. So they invented, it's called a back formation. They invented orientate, right? Now, the Americans have got some things like acclimated and, and, and so on, which are part of common, common American usage and which differentiate them from us. They also say, I spit on the ground instead of I spat on the ground. And they say, this coat fit you well last year instead of fitted you well last year. And they dove into the water instead of dived. It's fascinating how some Americanisms we pick up and we use them as frequently and others we just never take on. I wonder why. 330 million. Yeah, all right. No, but I mean, but, but we, we are generally very influenced by American language. We and are, whatnot, but, yes. But there are some things that obviously, you know. I have another database on the computer with 10,000 Americanisms that I have recorded in Australia. Now, some of them, like OK, are absolutely everywhere. Okay. 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 <laughs> there are, okay and Coke are the two most recognized words on the planet, Coke or Coca-Cola, except in North America, North, North Korea. And both of them are American English. And you'll find people saying okay in Moscow and in Beijing. And in Japanese. Quite extraordinary. The it's Japanese, Japanese word for okay is okay. Yes. Okay, yeah. Yes. Um, and Coke. Oh, my yeah, God. I'm sorry. <laughs> but American English has, I mean, like awesome, you know, the... The, the teenage awesome mm. uh, that started in in America, and we picked it up because we tend to think what they're doing is snazzy and worth imitating, and ours aren't so good, and so we go along with it. And and for example, does your car have a bonnet and a boot, or a hood and a trunk? Bonnet and a boot. Thank you. But, Unless I've got junk in my trunk. No, I'm kidding. Uh, oh, whoa. <laughs> oh, I like that. What happened was that the I, I had a Holden once. And Holden, of course, is GM, uh, General Motors, an American company. And the the manual for the drivers said, uh, you know, you should look in your look, look after your hood and your trunk. And and I, I rang them up and said, look, this is an Australian car. We you should do better. And they said, we've moved the steering wheel from one side to the other. What more can you ask for? Oh my god! And I said, if you don't change it, I won't buy another one. And they ignored me, and I didn't. Well, there you go. There you go. That there was... are lots more. We will talk about this. It's absolutely huge. All right, Rolly. I note that you left off one particularly spicy word of the year. I did. I uh, did. Do you want to go there? But, and let me let me uh, preempt that with uh, I. 
I bought a book for you today at the Lifeline Book Fest, Rolly. Oh, bless you. It's called Filthy Expletives. <laughs> Fake swear words. The things which I may not say on your program. No, you can say these on the radio because they're fake swear words. But oh. I'll give you that for you to oh, have, thank you, thank have you. a look at. I think you might find it a little bit of fun. I shall have a look um, at So read that and then next week maybe you can reveal the other slightly spicy word of the year. Which it says we... they are 102% clean, right. which is a uh, contradiction in terms. Anyway, no, can the we word... That? Uh, spoiler alert, here it comes. It's the American Dialect Word of the Year for 2023. Drum roll. <laughs> is enshittification. <laughs> Meaning? It's a ghastly word. It, it doesn't sound nice. It means with a website, you set it up and it looks fantastic and really nice and impactful. There's an American one. And then gradually you start using it to exploit your customers and then you exploit your advertisers and the thing goes backwards and gets worse and worse and eventually dies and that is enshittification i have to say it rather with a soft i I think sometimes the americans they've got another one which i will give you for the year and this is you remember the film about about barbie and you know and margot robbie and so on yes there is a new name you know what the renaissance is there's a kenaissance because of ken in well, I don't know how we put Rolly and Renaissance together, but that's what we are receiving this evening, this year, Ooh. on evenings. Ooh. Have we run out of time for our last word? Nope. Margaret Thatcher, if you want something, uh, something said, ask a man. If you want something done, ask a woman. Wow. You've been listening to A Word in Your Ear, a podcast from ABC Radio Brisbane. For more information, head to abc.net.au slash Brisbane.